Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS. And our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. Hello. I, do you know what I realised? Other podcasts say who the people are and we don't. Oh, what? As in they introduce themselves? Yeah, so they'll be like, oh, welcome to cooking with, you know, Sharon. I'm your host, Sharon. And this is, you know, Belinda. And that's Jonathan. So I just assume everyone knows who we are. <laughs> How arrogant is that? You are. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. Oh, that's literally how we say it in the intro. Maybe that's why. Um, And we work for TVPS just like we say in the intro. So hello, everyone. Welcome. Right. I'm going to start because not that I'm doing this week's podcast. I never am. You are. I'm just listening, commenting. Remember? (laughs) Interrupting. (laughs) Always interrupting. Never not. That's my only mode of communication, interruption. Do you remember last week when we did Keith Haring and we were chatting about where he's from and he was from a place named Barks or Burks. We're not sure how they pronounce it. And then I was saying, oh, a Burke in English is a silly person, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I panicked and and, and obviously went away and panicked and looked it up because I suddenly thought, you know how some English phrases, you think they're really harmless, but actually when you go to the mark, they're fairly offensive. So I suddenly had a slight panic, like, let me just double check that a Burke is not, it's not offensive. The literal definition is a stupid person. But what I wanted to share, because I thought it was, I just loved it so much. It's so British. Are the other words that you could use instead of a Burke, which include nincompoop. Excellent word. Buffoon. Brilliant. Cretin. I love that. (laughs) Imbecile. And one of my favourites, moron. Oh, there we are. Cretin. You can say that with quite a lot of feeling, can't you? Really can. Very like dry insults. I love all of those. So I just wanted to clarify just for my own peace of mind that I hadn't said something wildly offensive by mistake. (laughs) Something with a horrendous origin. No. Exactly. Actually, no, don't make me panic more. I didn't look up the origin. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. Every podcast, there'll be a series of me looking more and more into the word Burke. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. And then a million disclaimers. 
So we can't be sued for anything and we haven't offended anybody. Always. I'm going to use pretty more. Nincompoop's too long. By the time you've said it, it's like everyone's moved on. I do think you're right. And I think it's too jolly. It sounds sounds hilarious. Like you're actually saying something really hilarious. And it's like, no, I I think you're right. I do enjoy moron. Yes. Yeah. For the same reason. Same as cretin. Excellent. I'll let you begin. Are we ready? Yes. Oh, see, it took all of my strength then to not go, are we ready, you little cretin? (laughs) Or this week we're looking at someone very famous. Well, not just famous, A-list plus famous, like the most famous level you can get of celebrity. I know. That is a high level. So everyone around the world would know this person. Without a doubt, most definitely. This week, we are looking at Elizabeth Taylor. Nice choice. I like it. Interesting choice. Now, she's not still alive, is she? No. (laughs) I just wanted to clarify that. No, she's definitely... No, she's not. But what she did while she was alive was amazing. So she is... She is British-born. Did you know that? I thought she was American. No, I, I thought she was British. Yeah, she is. Is Joan Collins British? I used to always get yes. confused. But Joan Collins is still alive. Yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Well, anyway, we'll just put a disclaimer. Asterisk, maybe, not sure. <laughs> no, I think she is. Okay, so England, do we know whereabouts she came from? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I just know she was born here and that they moved over to America when she was young. Starred in lots of films. I mean, I'm not a film buff, as we know, so you're going to enjoy me talking about films like I know what they were all about. So she was in films like Cleopatra. I've heard of that one. Oh, I've got a fact. Normally I'd wait till the end, but I just don't even care. I see your face going. Is it about Cleopatra? Yes. Go on. So Cleopatra made her a million. So she was the first woman to make a million dollars for a single movie. And that was Really? Oh, and a million dollars back then was a lot of money. I know I sound like my dad, but I swear as you get older, you do start saying those sort of things. A lot. Wow. Yeah, but apparently the film was like four hours long. So they were saying, actually, for the amount of time she would have had to have put in for a film that long, that would have been a a, a fair pay for that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so she's in that. She was in uh, Giant, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? All famous films. Yes, many, many more. But we are not a film podcast, so let's just move on. Agreed. Excellent. But she was one of the most famous women in cinematic history. And her career spanned six decades, so 1942 to 2002. Wow. So it was 2002, sort of the last film she was in. Yes, that, that's not the year that she died. I don't think. Look at you making me check all my facts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Going through my notes. I know no one will believe I actually have any notes, but I do. It probably sounds like most of the time we're just winging it. No, I have to say, so does a lot of prep because I just sort of turn up and annoy you. <laughs> you've done loads of work, so I do feel bad. I should just shush and let you tell me. Uh, no, that's when she retired. That's not when she passed away. So she was born in 1932. So she was really young, actually, when she started acting. She would have been, what, 10? That's very young. I also know that she starred in Lassie Come Home. Is that a film or a programme? Film. Oh, so yeah, so Lassie was films, wasn't it? I don't know why I'm thinking. Yes. And that's the one that does it for me. She worked with Lassie. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Can't get more famous than that. Are we doing a podcast on Lassie? No, we're not. That was. Why not? 
That's the question. Oh, why aren't we? Because I can't, I'm not sure I could link Lassie to HIV. Could I? There's a challenge. No. <laughs> I will see if there are any animals. There are animals associated with HIV. We can find a famous one and focus on that at a later date. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Now, look, we haven't mentioned HIV yet. And everybody, I don't want everyone thinking, oh, Elizabeth Taylor had HIV. She didn't. But in 1985, she organised and hosted the first, this is a bit of a mouthful, the first AIDS Project Los Angeles Commitment to Life fundraiser. And it raised $1.3 million, which again, in full dad mode, a lot of money in those days. That really is. I'm really shocked about that amount of money. I know. I know she did amazingly well. Well, her and everyone else who was attended it. So AIDS Project Los Angeles, or APLA, as you know, all about the acronyms, was the first HIV support service in Los Angeles and very similar to THT's beginnings, founded by four friends. And they're still there, they're still around today providing support. And she she wasn't the first celebrity to support them. That was Jane Rivers. You know Jane Rivers? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, she's sadly not alive anymore, is she? Isn't she? Is she dead? Yeah. Oh, my God, am I blowing your mind? Yeah. Yes, she died. Oh, Oh, God, it's like when I found out Bob Monkhouse had died and everyone else in the room already knew and I felt like an idiot. Where where were you when you found out? I was at, I, we were in the pub with lots of friends. I just remember sitting there and everyone was like, oh, yeah, died ages ago. And I was just like, all right. It's very traumatic when that happens. That happened to me with Patrick Swayze. Oh! Um, yeah, so that happened to me with Patrick Swayze. I We watched, my husband and I watched Point Break, what a film, it was literally <gasps> five years ago. And I turned to him after the film and said, I wonder what Patrick Swayze's doing now. Honestly, his face, he was like, I mean, he he's dead, Jess. And I it it was horrendous. I had I'd somehow I'd blocked out of my mind the fact that he'd been so ill for so long. All of that had passed me by, and I just thought he'd like decided to retire, go out of the limelight. So we should probably just say we had to pause the recording because Sarah realized her microphone wasn't plugged in so if, if the sound quality is a bit different now a bit better then that's why yes probably booming into everyone's ears now yeah it sounds like turning it down yeah. <laughs> yes yes oh anyway let's carry on so we were saying oh we were talking about jane rivers patrick swayze bob monkhouse bob monkhouse let's go back to elizabeth taylor she was heavily involved in fundraising and awareness raising for hiv because she was close to Rock Hudson and he died in 1985 of AIDS. So perhaps that was her motivation for kind of getting involved. And she had a lot of influence with other celebrities. And she used that obviously to her advantage for publicity and to get their money. So do we think that's why she never sort of specifically pinpointed exactly why? Fair enough. And why should she have to? It's an amazing cause that really need and needed um, support. So well done, Liz. Absolutely. And it wasn't, I mean, that was just the beginning. So, you know, she then had a kind of lifelong commitment to ensuring that people affected by HIV got the services and the support they needed and that those in power did everything within their power to keep HIV high on everyone's agenda. I know she really went for it. Yeah. So she was involved politically as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She didn't stop with just raising money and, and then kind of laying on services. No. She really went for it. And her efforts initially focused on America 
So she um, started by increasing funding for emergency care for those with AIDS. She then um, helped establish the National Foundation for AIDS Research. And that was partly funded by a $250,000 donation from Rock Hudson that he, it was donated. We had problems with this word last time. Posthumously or posthumously? I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, after he died. Okay. I'm going to look it up how we say it. Right. Okay. Well, I will carry on. So uh, having set that up, her work then starts to go global. And she is one of the first A-list celebrities to publicly support those with HIV. So of course, the world's really interested just because of that fact alone. And, you know, she's world famous. Everybody's heard of her. And I think I was going to say it's hard to illustrate how unusual it was for a kind of A-list stars to be supporting HIV. I mean, it's not hard to illustrate. She's the only one I could find. So there you go. Nobody else really wanted to. Yeah, the perfect illustration that, isn't it? Nobody else. Um, I found, let's, are you ready to find out how we say it? I've got yes. Google. Right, let's go. Posthumous. Posthumous. Posthumously. Yeah, posthumous. We educate on many levels, don't we? Don't we? So mm. many different ones. Um, right, so she's one of the only famous people showing support for people living with HIV. HIV. And of course, many famous people, who were well, not many, there weren't loads, but those that already had HIV, they weren't being open about their diagnosis. And we've looked at that before as to why that would be. And of course, it's none, no one's business anyway, is it? Exactly. What she did when she started openly showing her support, it almost gave permission for everyone else to do it as well. So if you're invited to one of her events, you're going to go because it's Elizabeth Taylor. I'd go. But without her presence, probably not going to go, probably not fussed about it. And she knew that and she played it to her full advantage. So even though people might not have wanted to be associated with HIV, they want to be seen at events that she's hosting. Well, she's making it cool, isn't she? Essentially, she's making it chic, not literally that she's making HIV chic, but like you're saying, to be involved in this cause that other people may not have cared about before. She's using that platform to uh, make people pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. By 1987, so the French government in 1987 awarded her, I'll butcher the pronunciation, something called the Legion d'Honneur, pretty good French accent, if nothing else, for her work to raise funds and awareness. So she's going global now. Other countries are starting to see the benefits of her awareness raising and her fundraising. She also becomes the first patron of the AIDS Crisis Trust in London. Have you ever heard of them? Have I heard of them? I don't think I have. Are they still going? Well, this is the thing. I couldn't find anything when I Googled them because I was like, I've never heard of this organisation. But there are some amazing pictures on Getty Images of a charity event to raise funds for them. So they existed. They can't really give them credit. I don't know, maybe they've changed their name. But without unpicking the whole history of HIV in the UK, no, I've got no idea who they are. And, and maybe like how TVPS was formed, I always find a way to bring it back to us. It was a series of other groups, wasn't it, that came together that had different names. So perhaps this charity was either absorbed by another one or they amalgamated with someone else under a different name. Perhaps it's something like that. But as you say, we don't need any more distractions away from talking about Elizabeth Taylor because we create those ourselves. 
<laughs> went down this rabbit hole. My goodness, be a two hour long podcast. She goes on. So 1989, she speaks at Thailand's first AIDS benefit. She's visiting AIDS patients in a Bangkok hospital. She's increasing her global quest and traveling further afield. I mean, I could go on listing everything she attended, but it would get a bit boring because there's a lot. So we're going to fast forward to 1991 because that's the year she creates the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation or what's it named for short as? ETAF. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was a trick question. No, it is ETAF. What's it known for short as? That's not even English. No <laughs> you're looking at me like, what? So speaking a normal sentence. You just about- said, what's the acronym for that then, Jess? And you just said ETAF. Brilliant. Yeah. You, that was a bit of a Yoda sentence, wasn't it, for you? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> well, I've definitely heard of them. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, they're still going today as well but at the time they provided support services education and awareness to populations most in need and a hundred percent of donations given to that organization went towards the people that needed it and that's because she underwrote all the operating costs herself that's massive it's a huge selling point for anyone who wants to donate because there's very few charities that are able to say that a hundred percent of what you give will go directly to those who need it of course yeah and I mean we'd be included in that because you have to be able to operate there are costs that you cannot avoid in running a charity um however big or small you are I love her I yeah I do too and I think I mean she doesn't have to use kind of her own money to cover the operating costs herself I think she's probably either she's got extremely good advisors who are um advising her to do this or she's very business savvy yeah, both maybe yeah that same year she she attended a London Lighthouse AIDS benefit and have heard of London Lighthouse so we're on a firmer ground there she also went to the seventh international AIDS conference in Florence oh. I didn't realize that international AIDS conference had been around that long I bet that was a nice setting Florence Yes, that would have been nice. I've always wanted to go to Florence. Really? Yeah, you haven't. No. Oh. <laughs> Literally, you're talking to me like it's somewhere terrible. Like, <laughs> Okay, no, I've never wanted to go there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> now, we just talked about um, the operating costs and how she underwrote them. The startup costs for ETAF, uh, she funded those as well. She had recently got married at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch and she sold the wedding photos to People magazine for a million dollars and she used that money. That is a clever lady. Yeah, I think so too. Do we know who she married that time? Because hasn't she been married like seven or eight times? Oh, she's been married a few times. So no, I had not heard of them, which probably means they're extremely famous film person, to be honest. It means nothing if you've not heard of them, to be honest. I haven't heard of them. They're not going in this podcast. Uh, Yeah, no, they're not. I haven't. They're probably someone massively famous. And everybody right now who's listening to this is like, gosh. Let's have a look. I'm literally going to Google it. So where did they get married? Neverland Ranch? Yeah. Neverland Ranch. I'm going to write Liz Taylor. So 
Oh, well, this article says Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Jackson at her final wedding. That is a misleading headline. Oh, yeah. No, she didn't marry him. No. So she married Larry Fortensky. I don't know who that is, but there we go. There you go. See, it's not just me. Oh, he died from skin cancer complications on the 7th of July, 2016. Yeah. And he has got lovely hair. Oh, I bet he didn't. He did. That's a young picture. Or was he much? No, no, I think he was younger than her because even in the wedding pictures, which obviously, again, we will share them. That's he's got this enormous mane of golden hair. Oh, gosh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. He has hair that I could only wish for. Me too. Anyway, back in the room, Jess. Back in the room. So having got married, so she's still attending galas conferences and awareness events all over the world to keep HIV on everyone's agenda. In 1992, she's photographed for the cover of Vanity Fair. She's fully clothed, but she is holding a condom. And that at the time was considered really, really controversial. I can imagine that would be on the front of like Vanity Fair because that's not the kind of, I I think it's more of a fashion-y, upper-class, magazine-y type thing, isn't it? Mm. I didn't mean to butcher what Vanity Fair is. I'm so sorry to anyone. I just am not a magazine-y person. So I would imagine anyone on the cover of a magazine holding a condom is fairly controversial. Yeah, it was a big deal at the time. And she's really, she's just holding it out. She's not even doing anything with it. Is it in a packet? Yes. Good for you. I just had visions of an unrolled. Where oh, she- no. No, no, it's in, a, it's in a packet and she's just holding it. I mean, obviously that wouldn't be controversial now I suppose it might be if you were photographed just wearing a condom that's an idea isn't it Vanity Fair yeah yes (laughs) want to increase your readership or have caught some controversy just way to do it 1993 we're in now she is awarded a humanitarian award at the Oscars Uh, she goes on to set up a medical center in Washington so people can access free HIV testing and services you see, she is all about ensuring those most in need get access to the best care. Yeah, she's. it's not just for show. Like, she's really making a tangible difference. Definitely. In 1996, she appeared in four different sitcoms in one night for the CBS channel, and she donated her fee to her foundation. So she's fundraising for her own organisation as well as encouraging other people to. She's a legend. She really is. Yes, the more we um, kind of learn about her, the more you realise that... I I forgot to ask at the start whether this is HIV history or a hero. Actually, I feel like it's both. Yeah, I think it is both, you know. So in 1999, she gets a Lifetime Achievement Award from BAFTA. And she gets that for her acting career. But she uses her acceptance speech to highlight her HIV work. And she says... Fighting AIDS has become my full-time job. She's using every opportunity. But it's like there's no vanity. She's not using acceptance speeches to be like, yeah, aren't I great? Thanks for everyone. Thanks to my husband. She's right there like, no, let's talk about this again. I'm going to keep bringing your attention back to this. No, absolutely. The next year, she's knighted by the Queen, not only for her acting career, but also her role in the fight against AIDS. You see, the Queen's clocked what's going on, hasn't she? And she's acknowledged both. Sorry. Your mouth's moving, but I can't see what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if it would have picked it up this end, but I went, wow. <laughs> Obviously, you couldn't hear that. 
No. It's like fair play. Do you know, I obviously I've heard of the, you know, the work she's done within her charity. But again, God, every week, I was so boring for everyone listening when every week it's like, why am I shocked that I'm shocked? Why? <laughs> I'm always shocked. <laughs> I shouldn't be expecting it. But I, I just did not realise how far reaching her work was, how much she did, how invested she was. No, I hadn't. I'd heard of ETAF, so I knew that she supported people living with HIV, but I didn't realise it was across the globe and just how much she publicised what she was doing in the right places, you know, BAFTA awards, speeches. Fair play to our Queen for acknowledging both. I think that's very commendable. But yeah, no, she's she worked really hard. Okay, well, there are many more examples of her work that we could use. She did tons and she did. She worked tirelessly, really, right up until when she passed away, which was on the 23rd of March 2011. The AIDS Healthcare Foundation commissioned billboards in her honour after she passes. And they put it's a picture of her and they've just put the words our champion. And she so deserved that. I so wish I'd known more of this sooner. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I'd have done. Maybe just write a thank you note or something. But we just don't hear enough about all these people doing all these amazing things in the world of HIV and how committed they were. I know, I know. Do we know where the billboards went? They were just up, um, just in America. And, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant, which country, not literally where exactly <laughs> were they. <laughs> which roads? Yeah. Let's not Google that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know. So, look, we need to look at why she is heroic. Can't just say it's because she raised lots of money. There've got to be other factors as well. Or oh, I've been quite harsh with my heroic judgment this week. You are. You really are. I like that you're putting your own like stipulations in. Oh yeah, you've got to have guidelines. <laughs> that you're Absolutely. creating yourself. Yes, to make my job harder. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Do you know why I've done it with her? Perhaps I've been a bit harsher. It's because I think she's famous. It's easy for her to raise awareness because of who she is. And it's easy for her to raise money. You know, she's she's got very affluent, famous friends. So really, I guess we have to look at why she did. So the thing for me is that she didn't have to do any of this. She had friends who were affected. But I mean, let's be honest, she'd made enough money from her career to sit back and enjoy her life. But she did the opposite and she used her fame to draw attention to HIV and AIDS and raise money all around the world, and not just with the general public. She's lobbying the president of the United States to ensure HIV is covered in care bills. She's holding people to account around the world and those people that are in power to improve the lives of those living with HIV. And she publicly calls them out when they don't act on what they've promised, which she did with the um, US president when he said he'd include it and then no action was taken. And for me, I'm on a roll now, there's another thing. So she was an older white heterosexual woman. Generally, her age group back then were not associated with HIV. So people would have taken more notice of her work because of that. So we've said many times there was a huge amount of stigma associated with HIV then. So when someone as famous and iconic as Elizabeth Taylor talks about HIV and AIDS, you take more notice because you just wouldn't have associated her with HIV. And the age group who remember her films and form part of her fan base were being HIV educated, whether they liked it or not, because they're fans of hers. 
And I think it would have been very hard to reach that group of people if it hadn't been for her. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you very much. As always, I usually agree, I have to say, but for good reason. Yeah, like you said, I know I always recap, but like you said, she could have just asked people to raise a bit of money, thrown a couple of balls. But actually, no, it's so much more than that, properly putting in the work. And I'm not saying we don't appreciate people who just use their platform to throw balls or whatever. Great, we appreciate everything and anything. But actually, I understand why she's an HIV hero. Yeah, definitely. For those reasons. And, you know, she's the first A-list star to show public compassion and support. If you were diagnosed with HIV at the time, that must have given you possibly some comfort, possibly not. But maybe hope that, you know, there are people out there with influence and with money who are trying to make a difference on your behalf. Yes, who are also trying to give a voice to people who, because like you said, she was friends with Rock Hudson. So, Perhaps she saw him not be able to have a voice and she wants to help people to have a voice. Oh, bravo, Sarah, as always. Super job. Well, I'm going to butt in with a couple of interesting facts. Yes, go on. So I've already given you one of them, obviously, about the film Cleopatra. This one, I mean, I've already committed this cardinal sin, unfortunately. She disliked being called Liz because she felt that it sounded like hiss. (laughs) <laughs> so apologies that I called her Liz earlier I oh. shall be doing that again okay so she wanted her full name Elizabeth yeah Elizabeth which is a lovely name Elizabeth wow. Taylor. No, I, no but when you say it all in one go it does sound very regal doesn't it Elizabeth Taylor yes <laughs> I don't know what I disagrees <laughs> it's not, it's not a favorite name what is your favorite name I don't know um if you could have been called anything else, what, what would you rename yourself? They said you can't be called Sarah. What are you going to call yourself? Oh, I think something unusual. Sarah's so common. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. That requires a good degree of thought and not it's something not, I can answer it? today. Okay, that's fine. We'll come back to that. Right, what would you be called? I really like the name Cleo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Moving yes. on. <laughs> I've made it weird. It's got weird. Okay. Um, Right, my last fact, which I was like, whoa. So Maggie Simpson in the cartoon, The Simpsons, her first, her first, her first word, which was daddy on The Simpsons, was spoken by Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, no, stop it. Honestly. No, that cannot be a fact. Well, it's a fact I found on the internet. Obviously, I'll put all my sources down, but I think that is true. Oh, if it's on the internet, it's definitely true. Yeah, I've heard that everything on there is definitely 100%. Accurate. Yeah, it's where I go for everything. Yeah, it's where I'm going to go to change my name to Cleo. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why I said that. Just Cleo, not not short for Cleopatra. No, no, but I think I've always liked it in terms of like if I had a cat or something or like, because obviously I get rescue dogs, so you don't get to name them yourself. They come with a name. And I don't, I'm, I know other people change their dog's names, but I always think if your dog has had a name and it comes with that name, keep the name. So I think if I had a cat or another dog and I got to name it, I'd probably name it Cleo if it was a girl. So I think I'm more just thinking of what names do you like, not what would I actually call myself. Oh, oh, well, that's different. I like names like Freya and Erin. 
I don't know whether I'd want to be called that, but those yeah. were girls' names that I had for my kids. So there we go. That's that's more where I was going, not what I'd be called. Maybe we should just have one word names, like, I don't know, like our surname. Like you could be Macadam, I'll just be Harding. Oh, what, like Cher, you mean? Yeah, why not? Or He-Man, double-barreled. I, I don't want to be known as, I don't want to be He-Man. She-Ra. <laughs> Who came up with the name He-Man? Because when you think about it, He-Man. Like <laughs> no, it's ridiculous, and yet they made an awful lot of money out of it. Right. Anyway, sorry. I, again, I'm taking us off track there. I love Elizabeth Taylor. Amazing, and actually, they're still doing tons of great work. ETAF, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, so we'll put the link down. So please do go and check them out, and go and support all the fantastic work that they do. And again, subscribe to our podcast because you don't want to miss more golden gems like the one today. No, no one's don't miss it because once you subscribe, it just downloads automatically to your phone. You can't get away from us. Oh, and then you can listen to our little dulcet tones every week. Yeah, every week. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to go and think about more names I can be called. Well, let me know in case we need to change the intro to next week's podcast. (gasps) Oh, I'm going to do that without telling you. Oh, I'm going to listen to it. And it will be Sarah. Sarah and Cleo is not the same as Sarah. Everyone knows us as Sarah and Jess. Or no, like we said, you can be He-Man and I'll be Hardy. I don't want to be He-Man. <laughs> I feel like I don't care. Who's <laughs> doing it? It's happening. I'm not going to be called He-Man McAdam. It's stupid. <laughs> Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.